joining us, a regular on the show. He started his fishing career working with folks at In Fishermen and uh, Camp Fish, which is their educational uh, arm. He was also, uh, he used to run the the waterfall calling contests up here, and he has a guide service. He's an accomplished angler and waterfall hunter, Brad Peterson. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. It's, uh, I want to talk to you about waterfall season, but let's start with, uh, with ice fishing or fishing in general since I'm on that. Do you agree that we're probably looking at a little bit of an extended front-range ice fishing season? Yeah, based on the, you know, the 10-day forecast I'm seeing right now, um, you know, a lot of years, kind of this, right around Valentine's Day, our ice starts getting a little iffy. And some years we've even had open water by then. But I, I think this year, you know, kind of looking out, we're probably looking, you know, late February and possibly even into March that we're going to have ice in certain locations along the front range. And as we all know, with Colorado weather, that can change real quick. You know, they could tomorrow, all of a sudden, five days out, they could change the forecast from 20 degree high to 60 degree high. Yeah. You know, it's the first time in four decades we haven't had a 60 degree day on the front range in January. I mean, that's well, oh, oh. go ahead. Yeah. That's a good sign. That's a good sign for the ice anglers. Well, you know, another thing that I think when the ice gets like this, and I'm guilty of this myself, early on in the year, I'm headed up to the high country, and there's going to be good ice fishing opportunities through probably into April, at least through the end of March, if not well into April with the weather we've had up there. Uh, We've got some slush now, but that should firm up. Um, But I I get more hesitant to take that hour, two-hour drive up in the mountains and if there's ice fishing right in my backyard, I'm going to get a few more trips in, even though I'm starting to get my tackle ready. I'm starting to think about open water. But when I think how far out it is, I, I managed to squeeze in a few more trips. And I think it keeps up that enthusiasm and mindset about ice fishing. So what are you hearing out there? What are some of the local bites? Anything going on? Yeah, you know, the conditions are pretty good. Most of the lakes around here, uh, the north front range, are kind of in that seven to nine inch range. Um, you get out further east and they're pushing a little better. I know Sterling was reporting 10 to 12 inches uh, earlier this week. So the conditions are still pretty good. What's happening is some of the lakes that have been stocked with trout early, those trout have had a lot of pressure and a lot of them have been caught out. So that real easy trout bite that we get that first you know month of ice fishing season has become a little bit more challenging and people can still go out there and get trout. You just have to be a little bit more uh, finesse with your techniques and maybe target more of the prime time, that early morning period till 10 a.m. And then from about two in the afternoon on, the bite just doesn't last all day long. And then the panfish bite's still doing good. And, um, you know, as far as a couple of the lakes, I'm getting good reports on still on trout and some white bass out at Lawn Hagler. Um, St. Brain, we talk about it a lot, but it's because it's a it's a great opportunity for diversity. Uh, they're catching trout in Sandpiper and Coot and Panfish and some walleye up in uh, Coot and then over on uh, Blue Heron there. 
And then if you're wanting some walleye and want to go a little further north, uh, Douglas is is popping out some walleye and sauger up there. Yeah, Douglas is an overlooked resource. I got I want to bring up Lon Hagler. You know, Lon Hagler and I have had a tumulus relationship over the years. I either go there and I kind of go there with a plan and I know where the fish are and I find them or I ended up end up drilling 50 holes and sometimes I find them and sometimes I don't. The water level is down at Lon Hagler. You got any tips for fishing Lon Hagler? Any starting points? You know, where I normally like to start with the water level the way it is, is kind of towards the dam, and I target that area right where the rocks kind of meet the, the basin. And if the lake's real low, sometimes that that is still too shallow. But usually if that's at least, say, six, seven feet deep, all the way up to about 18 to 20 feet deep, uh, that area works just like a highway and the fish seem to travel along and you'll catch, you know, bluegill and perch and there's a few crappie in there and white bass and largemouth and trout all right there along that little, you know, kind of transition. So if someone's going to go out there for the first time, that's where I would kind of look. And then the other spot would be, you know, a lot of people come in on the north, the boat ramp parking lot. But if you go in on the, the south side over there, there's kind of a flat between that parking lot and the dam. And if you get out towards the edge of it where it starts to drop off, that's another real good area that gets a lot of activity. Well, and one place that I fish early, but then it really falls off, is that north parking lot area. If you go east from there, it stays fairly deep, really close to shore. And you can get almost up in shore and have six, eight feet of water. Early on, I've had good luck with trout right in there, but it tends to it tends to burn out real quick, and those fish move out of there after a few weeks. It's I, I don't th- I don't think it's as good as it was early in the year anymore there. But that's that's the kind of tips you know. Sometimes whether you're in the right place or not, talk to somebody about these smaller lakes because you're not going to hear as many reports. And a lot of guys will try to keep it secret, too. But a lot of these smaller lakes, Lon Hagler, Douglas, um, can produce all year long. And a lot of them, as you mentioned, have really great panfish. Should people change their approach if they're hoping for the panfish and use different presentations than they do when they're just fishing for trout? Um, personally, I always like to fish trout, even my trout with small stuff. But a lot of people like using kind of the, the crappie tube jigs, I'm going to call them, you know, those one inch to inch and a half tube jigs, ice fishing for trout or use live minnows. And when you start looking for bluegills, you know, they're a much, they key on much smaller stuff. You know, their mouth is only about the size of a Cheerio. So I really downsize my jigs to one sixteenth, probably the biggest I'm going to use. Uh, 132nd, 164th are probably a lot more common. And then I'm just going to tip it with either a waxworm, a spike, or or a little one of the new artificials that are out there. And um, keep it small and don't do a lot of really big action. It's more of a little bouncing action. Make it look like a, a little insect that's that's fluttering in the water there. And if you're having problem getting those real small jigs down, then what I would do is go up about 18 inches or so 
and put a split shot up there to help get your line down to the depth you want. Um, the way I kind of compensate with that is I downsize my line. And a lot of times I'm just using two to three pound line and often fluorocarbon, which is heavier than water. So it actually gives some weight and helps that, that little jig get down there a little quicker. Well, I think that well, a great point you made in the debates you mentioned too, is a lot of people are going to fish trout with a, with a power bait or even a power egg or something like that. And those, those work really well for stock trout, but they're not that great for panfish because they're not meant to attract them. And by using small jigs with uh, some bait or, or a good soft plastic, you open yourself up. The trout will readily hit those, and yet you still might catch more bluegills, crappies, or even white bass, or even even other warm water species. Well, we still have time. Let's switch gears. Um, waterfall season. Ducks are closing on Tuesday. Should people make sure they get out ahead of time? And what's going on otherwise? I tell you what, if you've got a, a spot to hit the river, the South Platte River for ducks right now, um, they really have pushed onto the South Platte. Um, the water levels coming out of Denver with the cold temperature, there's not as much melting and the water has dropped. So the current has dropped and those birds are really starting to use the Platte all up and down it. So get out there for that. And the cold temperatures the next couple of days, they're going to put slush on some of those smaller creeks and uh, stuff like that, like the St. Vrain and the Big Thompson. And so that's going to push those birds that have been sitting on there to the Platte River. So I think the last few days are going to be phenomenal up here in the Northeast. And then with geese, um, we're starting to see a few more geese show up with the, the snow and cold temperatures. A lot of them kind of pushed a little down south to, Denver and a little further where there isn't as much snow on the ground, but they've started coming back north. So we're starting to see good numbers. And even though it's not like the big numbers we had in December and early January, the birds that are here have been really receptive to decoy and calling. So you don't need to see a lot of birds when the birds will work real well for you. Now on the geese, um, they're good. Uh, I think the goose season is open until like the, the 12th of February, so you got a couple weeks there yet. Are you switching now? The ducks are on the river, but are the geese more in the fields now, or are they still using the water too? Um, I'm seeing the geese using the river. The problem is right now they still are coming in pretty late, about 6.30 to 7 o'clock at night. So the afternoon flight's not that good. You have a chance at getting some in the morning where they're roosting, and then there are some birds kind of coming in at that so 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock time frame. So don't leave the river too early if you're thinking about goose hunting there. But the majority of guys are getting out on the fields. And the nice thing about right now with the limited number, the, the smaller number of birds around, you don't need the big giant spreads like you were needing early to fool those birds. You know, you can get by on... I mean, I know a lot of guys are using just two to five dozen decoys because a lot of the groups of birds are, you know, anywhere from one to six birds. So you don't need these huge spreads to convince them to come in. So what about the snow geese? Um, are we seeing numbers of snow geese yet? We saw some early this year. The snow geese numbers seem to be showing up. Has that continued? And, and by the way, that season will remain open for a long time. Yeah, the... The snow geese kind of got pushed out with the cold weather. There's still some of them hanging around from, say, the brush power plant further east. 
But a lot of the lakes out there froze up. So, you know, Jumbo and all those that oftentimes hold hold some of those snow geese have frozen up. If I was going to be targeting snow geese, I'd be targeting Pruitt. Pruitt's getting water right now, so part of it is always staying open as they're filling the lake. Kind of that Fort Morgan to Pruitt area still has some snow geese. But the snow geese really follow that snow line on the ground. So as soon as we start seeing that snow melt and some open ground and a little bit of open water on those lakes, those snow geese are going to be on us real quick. So if you want to go chase snow geese, you kind of have to just be prepared because the weather can change quick and those birds can go from very few to an absolute pile of them just in a matter of a couple days. All right, we're going to have to wrap things up, but Brad, tell people how they get a hold of you, and you have a new service available, a new fishing service. Tell us about that real quick. Yeah, um, I have started a new uh, kind of fishing newsletter for updated information on fishing in northern Colorado. It's going to talk about the bites, the water conditions, a little bit about the the current state of the various fisheries. So if you're interested in that, you go to... uh, nocofishingnews.substack.com or you can just reach out to me on Facebook at Brad Peterson Outdoors and I'll do a post there that will have a link on it as well. So just trying to get some current updated information out to the anglers in the northern Colorado area. All right, my friend, we're out of time, but we'll talk to you again soon.